forward. All right. Welcome to another episode. And this is a special episode of Survival Mode. My name is Todd Angelucci, registered nurse and health coach uh, who faced a traumatic experience, uh, you know, having a brain tumor and learned so much about it and just did some deep dives into not only my life, but looking into some amazing people that have gone through amazing journeys and really kind of sharing on this podcast, like where we might've been stuck, how to live life, like step through it and live life full out without regrets and working through things that have may have been holding us back in life and really just a general like let's let's make a transformation type of podcast and i have the amazing mandy chamless and if you don't know her go back to podcast number 4 she like does an amazing job of sharing her journey and Based on our last podcast, I was so inspired by her. I wanted to have her back. And she talked a lot on the last podcast about honoring her, our, herself. And it really sparked in me about honoring myself. And I thought with the new year coming on board, it would be great for us to have a special episode here on honoring ourselves into the new year. So welcome, Mandy. Thank you so much. I'm excited to already be back. <laughs> I know. I know. It seemed like it was just yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll tell you, you know, your podcast was was just awesome. And thank you. I enjoyed you know, it. Your story is is great. You know, you're a stage three. Is it C? Yeah. Ovarian cancer survivor at the age of 28. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they gave you 20% chance to live five years. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. And you are now 13 strong. February 13th of 2022 will be 13 years since my diagnosis. Amazing. Amazing. And you know, ever since your podcast too, I really started to think that all these things and what people share, and that's why I love doing this is it inspires me to kind of reflect on my own life mm -hmm. and some of the things that I've learned. And I was like, wow, like I was walking around the lake and I'm like, like her story is transformative in and of itself. Cause it's, it's just amazing. So thank you. Honoring herself. Mm -hmm. Very important. So, it is very important. So <laughs> tell me what that means, what you think that means, what it means for you and what, what it means. Tell me about it. So first off, this is not an easy lesson to learn. Hello. I nearly had to die to figure this out for myself. And I'm still not a pro with this. It's a, it, I'm a work in progress. This is a work in progress, but guess what? I'm worth it. And I know that now. And so for me, honoring myself, I, I've mentioned in other podcasts that I've done this concept that, I mean, I don't know, in my head, I came up with it. I've never heard of it before, but it may already be out there. But this positive selfishness is this concept that I think of. And for me, what that means is it's not selfish to put yourself first. 
it's actually necessary and it's beneficial not only for you, but if you're someone like me that is a is by nature a helper, I'm by nature a supporter. So it is innate in me. Honoring myself also means that I have to honor others. And so it's like this cycle, right? It's, it's, a, it's a circle that you can actually close the loop on. For me to feel like I'm honoring myself, I have to also honor others. And this concept of positive selfishness helps me get there because how on earth can I serve and honor others if I can't do the basic things for myself that I need to honor me and respect me? And in my mind, that's this concept of positive selfishness. I love that term, positive selfishness, <laughs> because I think what happens is people get confused, you know, when, you know, it's like, hey, if I honor myself or if I take care of myself or I mm-hmm. do what I need to do, then I'm not thinking of others. I'm, right. I'm like basically just saying, you know what? I'm taking care of myself and doing this and doing that at the expense of somebody else. And this is where it gets really sticky because, you know, it's knowing when to say no and knowing when to say yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I love what you said about this, this positive selfishness. And I think that's what happens is people have this idea of I'm being selfish if I'm honoring myself And then this other S word comes up, right? And I don't know if you think, you know where I'm going to go with it. It's I should or should not, right? We hear this all the time. You should Mm -hmm. all over yourself. And I think they play together. What do you you think about that? Oh, of course. I totally, totally agree with that. And the word should carry so much weight. It carries so much pressure too. And there, sure, certainly there are things that we should do, right? I mean, just to, just to maintain a healthy life and, and, and all of the, the basic things in life. But when you really dig deep, should is, it's so much pressure. That one small word can carry so much weight and put so much heaviness on us. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so what, one of the things that I remember from our podcast is you were very emphatic about knowing when to say no, mm-hmm. and when to say yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to say, and I know we talked about this, um, is, you're, you know, you're almost going to fail at first. You're going to trip. It's a mindset. You're going to do the wrong things at the wrong time. So you get it right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know we'll talk about that, but what was your, what were some of the things that you were like, I got to say no to this and I got to say yes to this. Like what, you know, what was the mindset? What was kind of the struggle? What kind of came on for you with that? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I've got to say no to the toxic relationships and people in my life. And I've got to start saying yes to me, uh, saying no to the toxicity serves no one. It certainly doesn't serve me. And, you know, there, there's, there's a cycle of enabling that can go along with that. It doesn't serve the person that you're saying yes to when you should be saying no either. Right. So, I mean, for me, that's the first part that really genuinely comes to mind. What did I start saying no to first? It was the toxic relationships in my life. It was 
the friendships that didn't serve me. It was the surface level friendships. It was, uh, you know, you go through something like what I went through and not to be cliche, but you very, very, very quickly find out who your friends are. And so, and I've carried along with this. And sometimes I think, I hope it doesn't make me seem flippant or indifferent or whatever, but also maybe I kind of don't care. I don't know, (laughs) to be honest with you. But even now, if I am in a relationship, you know, like a friendship, then I just think, oh, this is not serving me well. I, it, it leaves me feeling icky. It leaves me feeling unsettled, whatever, fill in the blank. I don't know. I let it go because I've got too many other genuine, loving, good, honest, true, fulfilling friends. I, I don't, you know, I'm old. <laughs> it's not about quantity anymore. It's about quality. And I can't anymore. I just, the, the amount of energy that, that we have to expend on all of the things, we can't spread that out evenly. And so I've just learned to let those things go. So that's the first thing that I said no to. What did I start saying yes to? Well, I've already answered that, of course, myself. What does that look like? Circle back around to saying no to toxic relationships first and foremost, but also just, I mean, honestly, listening to my own needs, listening to myself, feeling, okay, when someone asked me, even as simple as, hey, do you want to go, I don't go out, I'm 41, I don't go out anymore, but let's, you want to do something tonight, do you want to go out tonight? If deep in my soul, I'm thinking the only thing I want to do tonight is wear my pajama pants and get on the couch and lay with my dogs, then, and that's what I want to do, then I used to just grumble about it and say yes anyway, because I didn't want to hurt someone else's feelings. So I put them before me now. No, thank you. Maybe next time I'm, you know, I really need some quiet time tonight or whatever. So I let go of ignoring that innate alarm bell or flag or sign or whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as an alarm bell, but like just that innate feeling that you have when you know, I really don't want to do this thing. So I don't do it anymore. (laughs) And it really frees you up, by the way. (laughs) I love that because one of the things I learned in my journey, and and I hope that people that not just have had some traumatic experiences are tuning in this, but just people that haven't. And like, this is lessons to learn because in in reality, our lives can end in a moment for anything. Mm -hmm. Or you could get that. But I started to realize the things that I, when I was looking down the barrel of a shotgun and I I felt, you know, I literally was, you know, I wasn't nobody, but I felt that way. Like, oh my God, I'm potentially could meet my creator here. Um, I started to, it came very clear what was important and what wasn't. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, oh my God. And, and it was very simple things. And it wasn't like, oh my God, I need to like do all this. It was like, I need to just have conversations and be with people Mm -hmm. and have more experiences and not take works in survival. That's why I named it survival mode because I felt like I was in survival mode. Sure, It was was an unconscious 
you know, running in the background of my mind that I didn't even realize was there. But that stuff became clear. And I think, and we'll talk about it in a second, is getting clear on what we really want. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that you just said that really hit home to me was we all, I think, innately have this gut or conscious. Like there's mm-hmm. this thought, like whatever you want to call it, God, you know, some higher being or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And when we push that aside or don't honor it, I think there's some level of consequences that happen. Oh, yeah. And they may be minor. It may be like feeling bad, depressed, down, or just irritated. It may mm-hmm. be that minor, or it may just build up and be more. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? Totally. Totally. I see it coming out as resentment. I see it coming out as um, frustration with myself. Now, also, to be completely fair, sometimes when I have said yes, when I felt in the moment like I should have said no, it served me well, right? It served me well. But I think, I think the difference is learning the difference, knowing the difference, feeling the difference and trusting yourself next time. And, and each time you, you can build up more trust in yourself to know, Oh, when last time I felt like this, it didn't go well. And I resented the person that made me go do the thing that I really didn't want to do because I just wanted to be in my PJs. But then this time, when this person asked me to do this thing, I really didn't want to go, but I went and I enjoyed it. So allow yourself to learn through that process. And uh, you can use those feelings of, you know, anger, frustration, resentment, whatever it ends up coming out like when you say no, when you should have said, or when you say yes, when you should have said no, I guess. You can, you can teach yourself to trust yourself to know which is the correct answer at any given point in time. In either way, whether it's yes, whether it's no, it is fine as long as you're doing what's right for you. And you bring up a good point. And I use this term, like, we're not going to come out of this doing this perfect, right? No. And we're going to trip and fall. There's a couple of things I always share with people, especially some of my clients. I say, fail forward right? No, oh, I like that. Fail yeah. doing it. Like yeah. <laughs> don't, don't fail by not doing it. Right. Yeah. So, and then it could be ugly and own your ugly, own the ugly, right. You know, oh, that sounds so scary. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> it means you've got to do the thing, you know? <laughs> and, and I think a lot of what happens is, is there's this holding back that people had myself included. And I'm speaking of, you know, person of experience sure. You hold back to make everything. Okay. And it's not. And I think all of that stuff is, it just piles on. Yeah. And I love, you know, you did mention on the last pot on the last podcast that you really dug down into this. And you said something too, that like struck me was like, we often, and I could speak for a lot of people that come to me that I talk to, and they always say, well, you know, we can't just quit our jobs and, and go travel the world if we mm-hmm. have here to live and stuff. And you made this comment, which I love, like, listen, we have some responsibilities. We're not saying, hey, shuck your responsibilities, 
you know, go live at a, in a yurt somewhere, and, you know, or, or do whatever. I don't know where sure. you're, but, uh, you know, that stuff. And you made a great comment. You said, you know, you got to earn income to live and you got to do things that, you know, Hey, you have to do, but where's, where's your line in that? How does that play? You know, cause I think a lot of people struggle with that. Well, for me, to be honest, I mean, I, I have a doctorate, you know, I, I didn't, I did all the things I checked the boxes. I, I went to school. My parents joke with me all the time about, well, we said we pay for your college, but you can stop, like you can stop now. <laughs> but point, point being, I, I, I like my job. I love my job. I love what I do, but it's not it doesn't define me. My job is a means to an end. My career is a way for me to make money so that I can do the things that I actually want to do with my day, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. And I mean, you know, it, it that's just the reality of, of my situation. You face not knowing if you're going to have tomorrow and all of a sudden being a workaholic doesn't sound that much fun anymore. Winning the awards isn't that important anymore. Uh, being sales rep of the year, being, you know, whatever you might be, it just doesn't matter anymore. I want to paraglide off the Swiss Alps instead, right? I want to, I want to go to Spain to visit my friend. I want to do the things that I want to do. And so for me, drawing the line is, I mean, of course, doing the best I can every day at whatever it is I'm doing. So I'm not saying shirk your responsibilities. I'm not saying, you know, half ass things full asset by heaven me by heaven's sakes but like you know still remember that there's a life outside of nine to five yeah there's not there's not a half ass and there's not a full ass yes <laughs> you want to be somewhere like there respect right? your ass that's where you need to be <laughs> and just remember that there's a whole world out there outside of nine to five and that's what you really want to see who cares about the success and the awards and the, and the whatever, go see what else is out there. And so to circle back around, that's what it is for me. My, my daily, my nine to five is so I can do the things I actually want to do. That's, that's, you know, and, and I think that's where people get stuck and I had gotten stuck because it goes into this workaholic. Hey, you know, a lot of people say when I retire, like they grind this mm -mm. out. That's one of the things that really became apparent to me. It's like, what am I doing? Like, you know, a lot of things showed up in my life where I'm like, you know, Hey, I, I live to retirement. That's great. And, you know, I'm not going to like spend all my money or just be irresponsible, but I've also, you got to enjoy the journey. Now, what if you don't make it to retirement? <laughs> that's the thing. What if you don't? And I've seen that with some yeah. people and I'm like, yeah. oh my God. And it's been, you know, that's an eye opener. And I think, yeah. you know, having a diagnosis and really looking at your mortality, really, you think of life very differently. Yeah. And, and I always, I, I'm glad I had this experience for that reason too. So, you know, and part of me thinks like my high, like God was like, listen, I want you to pay attention to your life and, yeah. and I want you to do things that matter 
that you're here for. Mm-hmm. And that could be a whole nother conversation. So we're heading in the new year. And I think one of the pet peeves I've had year over year where everyone's into like, Hey, it's new year's it's mm-hmm. resolutions. It's, it's all of this stuff. Right. And resolutions are like, eh, you know, you might last whatever, you know, people are like, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out more. I'm going to like what, what, you know, you kind of the stereotypical things. And I think, you know, I actually read this book and I, and I like it. It's called the 12 week year where you, you, you kind of group it into shorter things, which I think is a great concept. Mm, but mm-hmm. One of the things is we talked about, we said, Hey, you know, what about, what's our end result, right? Like, what do we want? Like, I like to use, you know, we talked about, you know, before the call, we were talking about goals and dreams, you know, and I think I like dreams better for sure. Now, <laughs> before brain tumor, I was a goal guy. Course, it was about, yeah. goal, you know, and it, it, it kind of had me in this workaholic, like, and I found that over goals and over success and all of this stuff is a, can be a problem. And I saw it manifesting myself manifesting itself in my life in a negative way. And I had a coach friend tell me, he's like, you know, you're kind of a success junkie. And, (laughs) and I looked at it and I listened and I was like, you know, you're right. So tell me what your thoughts are on goals, dreams, you know, moving forward success. So I would agree with you. I was a lot like you before, and I focus more on goals than dreams. And as cliche as it sounds, your priorities do shift really, really quickly after you, you face your own mortality. And of course I still have goals, but I'm with you. I, I prefer to focus more on dreams now. And if I don't have them, I tend to feel monotonous. I tend to feel numb. I tend to feel lost. And so for me, a dream is what, what do I want? That's all. It's not that hard. What do I want? What do I want to do when I when I breathe my last breath, when I put my head on my pillow the last time, what do I want to be not necessarily even proud of, to be honest, but what do I want to, what do I want to remember the most? And if I don't have, I think that COVID was very hard for me. Quarantine was very hard for me for that reason, because a lot of my goals circle or my dreams circle around travel and we couldn't do it. So instead I created all of these little goals that were fun and great and good. And I started painting again and I started writing my book and I started doing these things and and they were all fantastic, but I live based off of my dreams and whether I get to accomplish those because the goals may get you more money. The goals may get you the, the trophy, the award, the whatever, but it's the dreams that give you those memories. and, And that's really all that you take with you. So that's the most important thing to me. And if I don't have that, I, I do tend to struggle some. So I always try and have something to look forward to. 
I agree. You know, um, you know, it, it becomes less things like yeah. when I was going through it, you know, there wasn't anything money would have gotten me. It, 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 mm-hmm. it really wasn't other than, you know, Hey, I could do something or go somewhere, but we're dealing with stuff and I could go somewhere or do something now or mm-hmm. before or whatever. Like it wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. It was about the people, the experiences and mm-hmm. seeing things and being part of like, I don't know, like I always use this analogy, like, have you ever been on a really amazing vacation? like in this remote area or wherever, you know, like mm-hmm. somewhere, whatever your dream is. And you're like, Oh my God, this is awesome. You're having just an amazing time. And sometimes you don't have to go far for that. You could go to a nice place or whatever. And you're like, Oh, the other thing that I noticed was, have you ever gone on a trip? And this is probably maybe prior, you know, the, your issue, you know, your circumstance is, you go on vacation or you go on a trip and the first few days you're like, okay. And then you settle down <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, you start to breathe again. It starts mm-hmm. to come back. And mm-hmm. then you're like, I got to do this more often. And then yeah. it's over. And then you're back and then you're back in the thing again. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Because you know, you are, the first couple of days for me, at least I was thinking about what am I missing at work? What am I going to have to catch up on? What's going on at home that I'm not getting done because I'm here. And then lo and behold, the final day, I'm like, Oh, I'm relaxing. I'm enjoying myself. And guess what? <laughs> I wasted all that time worrying about the stuff that was going to be there, regardless of whether I thought about it or not. <laughs> now it's time to go home. <laughs> So that brings me up. So if somebody is, and I I call it, we have a broken dreamer, you know, Mm -hmm. or we've forgotten how to dream again, Mm -hmm. you know, like as a child, that's why this childhood wonder is so awesome. Right. But as we age, it starts to kind of, yeah. And how would you recommend somebody who might have a broken dreamer or a forgotten dreamer or a stalker? They're kind of just in that spot. What, what would you recommend? What I would not recommend is realizing how important it is the way I had to, <laughs> you know, right. maybe, maybe realize this before you face your own mortality. And uh, I highly recommend that, but for, for someone who, and I think, I think we're all that way, to be honest. I do think COVID was was helpful. Uh, the quarantine was helpful in terms of people really being able to reevaluate what was important to them. And they thought about dreams, but sometimes they were pipe dreams because we never knew if we were getting out of this thing. So I think, I think a lot of people went through this during quarantine. And for, for people who are struggling with I like that concept of being a broken dreamer. I really, I like that. But for people who are doing that, uh, dealing with that, just take the time to listen to yourself and your own needs. Just slow down. It's really, really likely to become what you call a broken dreamer when you don't give yourself time to dream completely you know and i might say something that maybe like people like oh you know 
but it's even a daily mindfulness, right? Just mm-hmm. sit and be still. You don't have to like, hey, let me focus on my breath. Let me be like the Dalai Lama. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's like, you could make like, you could be a perfectionistic about m- mindfulness. Yeah. It's sometimes it's just sitting in quiet stillness for a minute mm-hmm. and letting it grow. Yeah. Because they say, right, it's in stillness is where I'm found. Yeah. And I think people avoid that because in stillness, first off, that's where you're found. And sometimes that can be kind of scary to see that at first, to realize that at first. But um, for me, specifically years ago, even sometimes, even, even sometimes now in stillness, there, there's a fear that goes along with stillness. There's a fear that goes along with quiet. And so I think that's a big challenge also is just learning to be okay with whatever you hear in the stillness, learning to be okay with whatever you tell yourself in the stillness and respecting the fact that there's something to be learned there and trusting yourself to know how to handle it, how to deal with it. And just again, honoring yourself in that moment, because if we constantly stay busy, if we constantly have someone talking in our ears, if we constantly have the TV on, have, I'm, I'm very guilty of this, but have a podcast or an audiobook in my ear, although I love it, that is taking away my own time with me. And we do it as an escape I fully, fully respect and understand that, but it also limits the time that we can, we can kind of cultivate these dreams and we can hear ourselves learn and tell ourselves what we need. I love what you just shared because I made a minor change, you know, and I used to do a lot of lives all the time, Facebook lives. I've cut back a little bit, got to get back into it. But what I mm. used to do is my routine was I'd run with a podcast. I wouldn't, an mm-hmm. audiobook. I wouldn't because I needed something that kind of was time limited. So I'd run with a podcast, get my coffee and walk back. But I have my dog and I learned this honestly, probably like, probably just before our, our podcast we did. And I live around a lake and it's very dark in the morning and at night. So when I walk him, it's dark, but I could see the moon and the stars and I'm with him and he doesn't talk. Obviously he's a dog, but he's got this energy. So I made a point where I don't listen to anything and I just enjoy the scene and him and the experience. And I made that shift like, cause it's in, and I, and I did that. Like I said, this is what it's about. It's not about the over successing or overdoing and all of those things. Cause you can make overdoing in a lot of things for sure. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about a lot of cool things and about honoring ourselves, right? Any other tips that we, you have for, you know, I know we weaved a lot of what our thoughts were into this, but any other mm-hmm. tips come up for you that you wanted to, to bring up? Well, on this note of taking the time for yourself and listening to yourself, something that, that I have said to a lot of people, if you're trying to get to point Z, and I know we talked about how, how do you even know what point Z is, whatever your goal is, whatever your dream is, whatever honoring yourself looks like. If you want to get to point Z, you have to start at point A. 
Point A is taking that time. Point A is being still. You can't start at Q. You can't start at S. You've got to start at A. You've got to take the time. So first and foremost, I think that's the most important thing. None of the rest of this matters if you don't even take the time. Secondly, well, when you learn to listen to yourself, learn to trust yourself. Learn to trust what you tell yourself you need. You know it better than anybody else does. You know your needs better than anybody else does. Why don't we listen to ourselves? <laughs> so trust yourself. And then also don't be afraid to get it wrong the first time. Because even if you get it wrong the first time, at least it means you're starting to try to honor yourself. At fail least forward. it means it's, oh, fell forward. I love that. At least it means you're giving yourself the opportunity to speak to yourself, to let yourself fill, to, to let yourself be honest with you and you alone about what you actually need in your life. So we can't be expected to do it perfectly the first time. So give yourself some slack, give yourself some space, release the pressure and just take the time to listen and trust yourself. And thus in turn, we learn to honor ourselves. I love it. I love it. And, you know, getting back to this, you know, doing it, you know, kind of doing it ugly, you mm -hmm. know, and being okay. Like, you know, it's about having that mindset of I'm learning. Yeah. You know, there's two things I say to myself a lot when there's things I don't feel like doing or that I know it's something I could do is I say a mantra to myself. I said, we do hard things. Mm -hmm. And then when something doesn't go well or right, I said, okay, I'm just learning. Mm. I'm just Instead learning. Beating yourself up and yeah. yeah. Or it has to be perfect or mm -hmm. all this stuff. It's like, and that is kind of the biggest shift with this, you know, is saying that I'm learning and people may get upset, but if people that really care about the relationship and you, they understand and be open mm -hmm. and honest. say, I'm learning to take care of myself or my life is, I need my life to go in another way, or I need things to be different. You mm -hmm. know, I've had that conversation. Like, I'm like, this is important for me because it needs to just be, life needs to be different. Yeah. Because it's not going well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> this wasn't going well. So we got to do something else. <laughs> this didn't work. So it's time to pivot. I pivoted a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and pivots happen. Yeah. One of the things, in, and we could close in a minute. One of the things that's really been coming up for me in my own journey, and you mentioned it at the beginning of this talk, was looking at the people that we're consistently spending our time with. Yikes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. And I remember you talked on this and it said with me, and this is why I love interviewing people. And I wanted to have you back. Cause I liked, the, you know, our conversation <laughs> so much was you had somebody that was a real close friend of yours that was uh -huh. in this journey, uh -huh. you know, and she passed but she had an amazing spirit. She had an amazing mindset. And I remember being around people not, you know, that have that. And they just have this inspiration. It's not because they're 
there's just something about it. Mm -hmm. Tell me, you know, first of all, I want to tell the, 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 or suggest to the crowd, like be mindful who you spend time with Mm -hmm. because you become the people you spend time with. You are the company you keep. You know, my dad used to say, you know, you're a product of your environment. And I used to be like, (laughs) no, you're wrong. He was a hundred percent right. So tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit more about, you know, a, that person, but just kind of that mentality and the people and the quality, the quality mm-hmm. of that person for some, yeah. for some, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So her name is, and I don't say was because she still is part of me. So we, we don't speak in past tense, but her name is Brittany Crosby. And I met her shortly after she was diagnosed with stage three C ovarian cancer at the same age that I was diagnosed. And I don't know anybody that didn't love and doesn't love Brittany. Her energy was palpable. Her, her drive to be the best that she could be was so motivating. She, when I spoke at her celebration of life, one of the things that I said about her that, I mean, honestly, out of everything I loved about her, love about her, she was so unapologetically herself. She didn't care. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. Um, She just does her thing. And even now, two years after we've lost her, she's still doing her thing. She's still making waves. So I think the most important thing about Brittany that I think speaks volumes to everyone and will for a very long time is because she was so unapologetically genuine to who she was and she honored herself like I've never seen anyone else be able to do. She will create ripples that continue to make waves for years to come. So, and I could talk forever about her, but just in a nutshell, I think that gives you a good enough idea of of really who she was as a person. She just exuded joy. What did that do for me? For years before I met Brittany, I tried to talk about my story. I tried to meet other people that that were going through the same things that I went through. And unfortunately, most of them passed away. So I've lost multiple friends to this disease. Close friends, not so close friends, acquaintances, people I've just met online, you name it. And so I started to shy away because it was freaking terrifying. It was just terrifying. And so I just said, nope, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. This is not for me. I, this is just too heavy. And when I met Brittany and she so openly shared her story and shared who she was, I realized I have to talk about this. First off, it made me, it's part of the fabric and the framework that made me who I am. My eyes are green. I had ovarian cancer. My hair is brown. I had ovarian cancer. It's part of me. It it doesn't define me wholeheartedly, but it is a part of who I am. And in order for me to honor myself, I have to honor every piece of me. And I saw how she did that and she didn't shy away from it. And I opened myself up to opportunities. I started saying yes when yes served me. I started saying no when yes did not serve me. I started sharing my story more and I started helping people. So she she honestly changed everything about me. And 
I mean, I, I could just talk for days about the difference she made in my life, but she, she taught me to love myself again. She's the one who taught me to honor myself, period. Not again, period. She's the one who taught me to honor myself because I watched her do it when she had so many people coming at her all the time. She was very well known. So just, they wanted pieces of her. Everybody wanted a piece of Brittany. And she said, no, when yes, did not serve her. And that's where all of this, this whole conversation that we've been having for the past, however long, 30 minutes or whatever, it all comes from her and me watching her and seeing there is a way to do this that's healthy for me that still serves other people, but it also serves me. So she changed my entire mindset and she opened me back up to um, just the opportunity just simply to love myself again. I love it. <laughs> that stuff inspires me because I, I, I remember and know to people along my journey that mm -hmm. had that energy that had that and they didn't, it was just their being that was inspiring. And so with that being said, you know, find those people that play at a higher level that are mm -hmm. doing that have the back to kind of Tony Robbins 101, you know, you know, find the people that have what you want and model them, spend mm -hmm. time with them, sit down with them, you know, and start because that's really what happens. And that becomes the inspiration and it helps to unlock our gifts. So mm -hmm. I love that. And, um, Thank you. I think we'll, I think we'll wrap it up. If you have right. any questions or comments, you know, both, you know, feel free to put in the chat wherever this is posted and reach out, you'll have our information and, uh, Mandy, it was such a pleasure and honor to have you on and wish you the best into the new year. And thank you. Likewise prayers for February. I know I got a scan in February. So February is a, a, a crucial month, but, uh, we just keep going one day at a time, right? Absolutely. That's all we can do. Awesome. Well, you have an amazing, amazing day and thank you for being on. Thank you for having me again. All righty. Bye.